Sheva Motorsports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. I'm your host, Lainey. Round six is behind us, and as the season progresses, we are seeing some blowout scores, upsets that have blindsided us, controversial on-field decisions, and some worrying injuries. We saw the top team toppled, a team reminding us of their dominance, and another team making a statement about their heart to come back into this competition after many thought their golden run ended. In this episode, we touch on the best and worst performances of round six and share with you our previews for round seven. Following the Easter long weekend, the West Tigers look forward to a bye this round, and it has been outstanding rugby league viewing as of late. We are excited about the matches ahead as we see which clubs can come back from embarrassment and which clubs will be proving their victories were not a fluke. So joining me on the panel today is Gabby, Emma and Lachlan. We hope you enjoy the show. So let's get into it. So the Easter long weekend of round six footy is over. We've eaten enough Easter eggs and hot cross buns. And before we get into our round seven previews, we saw woeful and joyful moments of rugby league in this last round. Guys, club or player, best performance of the round and why? Emma, let's start with you. Um, I have a few down, but I'm going to go Latrell. Latrell Mitchell, um, I thought he was on fire. We had talked about him last week about whether he was going to perform or not. And I think he really stood up. So, yeah, I'm going Latrell. I have Dylan Edwards. I thought... For Penrith, he was phenomenal. He scored four tries against Manly, and I think he's one of the most underrated players in our game. He is also one of the best fullbacks. He, but yet he consistently kind of flies under the radar. Yet he deserves far more credit. So he got my best performance this week. I went Jermaine Asako. Um, he's had an interesting few years, bouncing between NRL and Queensland Cup, and bouncing between clubs as well. So I think it's really nice to see him kind of settle in at the Dolphins. He scored a hat-trick against the Cowboys. Um, and he's just, he's looking at home, which is nice. He obviously has a lot of talent and um, hopefully he can really cement his spot in that side. Yeah, nice. Good call. I had Jermaine down, but I thought I was sounding a bit too biased if I went for him. But um, it does pain me to say, but the Knights and the Raiders, I thought, were my two sort of best performances. Um, and I and I tipped against both of those teams. Um, they were the better team on the day. You know, they outmatched and outplayed their opponents. Uh, for the Knights, I actually thought Phoenix Crossland had a great game. Um, and for the Raiders, I thought Corey Horsburgh, every time he got the ball when I was at that match, I thought, oh, no, he's got the ball. Damn it, he's so good. Um, but, yeah, no, he's like I, I spotted the talent that um, he had, like, in matches coming into this and I knew he was going to be pretty deadly on the field that day and yeah he just proved that and I thought you know Corey Hallsborough for sure. Uh, what do you have to say about the worst performance uh, from the round? I think there are a lot of clubs who there wasn't much expected of them this round and they didn't really deliver much at all but I'm going to go for the Roosters who definitely a bit different. Um They've been in that top flight of clubs in the NRL for quite a while now. There's been a lot of hype around them. They're supposed to be kind of recovering from a bit of a difficult year last year, kind of rebuilding. And Melbourne, they were playing Melbourne uh, over Easter. And Melbourne have obviously been struggling recently. They're losing players. They're um, and like losing players to other clubs as well over the off season and over the past few seasons. And yet the Roosters just, they were just outplayed. Like, 
there's not really anything else to say about it. And that's what's really worrying for me about the Roosters. I don't think they're premiership contenders after that performance. I don't think they're top four contenders either. I had the Bulldogs as my worst performance. I thought they started really strong against South in the Good Friday clash and it all fell apart for them pretty quickly after losing Josh Adokar in the 10th minute and South put 50 points on them. So, yeah, I just thought they lost control a little bit and they showed a little bit of potential here and there but not consistently. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know they lost Adokar, but to score the first try and then get absolutely flogged like that, that's that's a bit, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to go to the Bulldogs, sorry. I had the Roosters down as well, Lachlan. Um, I also had Manly um, sort of circled on my list because I thought, you know, we've talked a lot about what they could be and I don't know what they were. They weren't seagulls. They were like little Tweety birds out there against the Panthers. It was, yeah, not not who I thought they were. Sorry, Manly supporters. But, uh, but yeah, no, Roosters because, yeah, just that one, I think it was a Sinbin of Radley and then everything just changed for them. Um, and some teams, they adapt really well and stretch their defence and attack when they're a man down. And that usually proves, you know, they're sort of metal. But, yeah, Roosters. It's not happening. I apologise for the Roosters fans. I don't apologise to Roosters fans. And my <laughs> uncle, I'm going to give a shout out to my uncle, Nathan, who listens to this podcast, who lost a bet to me on this game and he has to get an I Love Billy Slater tattoo now. So <laughs> sorry to my uncle Nathan, but pay up. Thank you. Thank you all. Let's get into round seven. So for round seven, the embattled West Tigers finally had that bye. That Tim Sheens was looking forward to them winning and the club's taking a break from gameplay. Although I suspect the training will be turned up. Um, you know, I'm not going to let it um, go by without saying, but, you know, they showed a bit of heart coming back to try and take that uh, match. And I was happy to see Uppy having a kick. <laughs> it was good to see Luke Brooks actually having a kick. Unfortunately, they've got a few players um, out, but um, hopefully they'll be able to turn it around and come back and get that first win for the season. All right. So on Thursday night, for the first match of the round, we have the Dolphins taking the field and hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs in Brisbane at Lang Park. After a huge victory over the Bulldogs, South Sydney hopped to a great victory and will be looking to back that effort up. The Dolphins perhaps doing the same after their huge effort in Queensland, which was perhaps the Derby sauna match up in Townsville. Emma, this should be a cracking game for fans. Tell us what should we expect for the first game of the round? Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this game. I think it will be uh, pretty good. Uh, the Dolphins coach, Wayne Bennett, actually coached the Rabbitohs to their 2021 grand final, um, but he's also won his last seven games coaching against them. So, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting little thing there. Uh, Rabbitohs absolutely smashed the Bulldogs last week with Latrell Mitchell and Campbell Graham both scoring hat-tricks. So if they can do that again, the Dolphins may be in a little bit of trouble. But then the same thing, the Hammer and Jermaine Sarko were also on fire last week in their win against the Cowboys. Um, Sarko actually scored more than half the Dolphins' points so far, so they'll definitely need him to be performing um, at his best on the Wednesday. Um, if the Hammer does continue with his try-scoring efforts, he is set to break a record for consecutive, most consecutive tries record for a new club. A bit of a battle between two of my favourite fullbacks in the game at the moment, so Latrell and the Hammer are both on my super coach team, and I hope they do well again. They both 
scored over 120 points last week, so I was cheering. We'll see how they go against each other. For the Dolphins, we've got prop Jared Wallace is out with the HIA, but Jesse Bromwich will hopefully be back from his throat infection. They don't have a whole lot of other changes, I don't think. Um, I think it's just Robert Jennings coming in for Edric Lee, who is going to be going back into the reserves. And then we've got for the Rabbitohs, um, they seem to make it through round 6 okay. Um, Alex Johnson should be making a return from his 11-day concussion stand down, shifting Tane Milne to the reserves. And um, Isaac Tui-Tapur-Thompson will be monitored throughout the week, but he's hoping to make a return yeah, back on the wing. But if not, I think it is, yeah, I think actually Tane will keep his spot there. And Jai Arrow has also been named at the prop, but we'll see if his hamstring is looking okay um, by the weekend. But he has been named so far in the team. As I said, I think it will be actually a lot closer than maybe people would have thought, but we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be a bit of a, a good rivalry. Not Really confident, but I am going to go the Dolphins because I want to see them have another win, get their season back on track. Well, firstly, I'd like to apologise to all Dolphins fans. I've been a bit negative surrounding them the past few weeks. Boy, did they prove me wrong last week. That was a hell of a performance. I think, you know, they're a real NRL club now. They've managed to recover from a little tough spot to start the season. And why can't they beat the Bunnies? I reckon Dolphins will win as well. I'm going to go South just to be a little bit controversial. <laughs> Only because I thought that was super impressive against the Bulldogs. And, yeah, but this game will be an absolute cracker to open up round seven for us. So, yeah, I'm just going to go south just quietly. I'm going to go for Dolphins because they're playing up in Queensland and we'll have that crowd presence there to really keep them on top of their game. Um, also, South have been kind of inconsistent for me you know they have a big win and then they lose and then they have a big win like it's just really hot and cold um and I I actually think they'll be so buoyed off that win that they're not going to be ready for this against the Dolphins and like um, picking up on that set that you said Emma that you know Bennett's teams in which he's coached have always defeated um South so I'm I'm going to go with the Bennett train and the Dolphins pack here just a bit of an odd thing that I discovered while looking at this game the Bunnies haven't played a game outside of Sydney yet uh, this season, and then they're going to play three of their next four games in Brisbane at Lang Park. So they've got to settle in there, I guess. So the the kickoff Friday night footy, the Cronulla Sharks are back from their bye round, uh, and they're up against the Sydney Roosters. They're playing at Shark Park, and after their loss in round five against the Warriors in front of a home crowd, they'll be eager to win them over again. So I Guess if they went to the Easter show this past week, hope they went to the House of Mirrors and had a good look at themselves after that loss because I felt like the Roosters needed to. Anyway, both teams are coming off a loss, the Sharks from round five and the Roosters from Thursday and round six. So for the Sharks, after some rest over Easter, I hope they'll be feeling a bit energetic. So for the Sharks, our prop Royce Hunt and Locke Cameron McInnes are named to start. The Sharks will be happy to have starting on the bench is uh, Wade Graham returning from that four-match suspension following that high tackle on Davi Moale at South. They certainly missed him, but hope he's been working on his tackling technique. And Oregon Golfusi has been cleared from his concussion, and both players, they have been quite impactful, and I'm certain that the uh, Sharks will welcome them back in their defence. Um, and now for the side, uh, Toby Rudolph with a foot injury and veteran Dale Finucane still on suspension for a hip drop tackle on Chance Nickel Clock, that of the Warriors. 
uh, Braden Trindle moves to the reserves, and Thomas Hazleton's been named to start on the bench and turning up to play his first game for the season since the preseason game against the Knights. Also, the Sharks haven't defeated the Roosters at this venue since 2016. There you go. So... For the Roosters, they've won their past seven games against Sharks. Embarrassing loss to the Storm, though, in um, Melbourne that last round. It was bad weather. It was awful conditions to play in. But that didn't actually stop the Storm from catching and passing and scoring. So anyway, we've got fullback James Tedesco back um, after missing a week due to his concussion. His return will be felt. Also, he has scored a try in the last three games at Shark Park, so he might want to keep that tally going. Joe Manu will then return to the centres and Drew Hutchinson to the bench and Jake Turpin out of the 17. And Fletcher Baker has been ruled out of play for a concussion and prop Matt Lodge has been included on the um, interchange bench. So for this, I'm tipping the Sharks. You can tell me I'm crazy if you like. Roosters just looked a bit shaky to me last round, and after a single mistake, they just continued to fold, and they were like, easily dominated by a better kicking game. Although Sharks losing that second half of the Warriors shows that there's still some board-disciplined defence that they need to tighten up. Um, I kind of feel that Nico's kicking is a little bit better, and that's perhaps going to put them off a little bit, and I think that also being at a, a home ground that they'll have the advantage can't give you a margin. I just think the Sharks are going to win. I'm going to go the Sharks too. I thought, yeah, the Roosters were poor against Melbourne and Sharks coming in fresh. It'll be good for them and it'll be a good win. I completely agree with both of you. I think Sharks will win. I think you said it all. I kind of hope the Sharks win, but just to spice it up a little bit, um, I'm going to go the Roosters. Can't all go for the Sharks, so someone better do it. All right, so next game. Fans can back up their viewing on Friday with the Manly Seagulls hosting the Melbourne Storm. Last week, we all tipped the Storm for the win over the Roosters and they dominated. Last round in wet conditions, I made a tongue-in-cheek comment that the weather being optimum conditions for the Storm and that looked to be the case. Gabby, they're over at Brookvale Oval. Following Manly's huge loss to the Panthers in the last round, Anthony Seagull will be looking for a better performance out of his side to take on a mighty Storm side. Do the Seagulls have it in them to beat the Melbourne Storm? Yes, excellent question. No, this will be exciting for Friday Night Footy. We're potentially seeing the Battle of Brookie 2.0, the infamous game in 2011 that created the rivalry between Melbourne and the Sea Eagles. Uh, As you said, Lainey, the Storm are coming off a good win against the Roosters last Thursday in wet weather footy. However, in contrast, Manly, they had a rough night against Penrith, suffering a 44-12 loss. So, with one team coming off a win and one coming off a loss, it should be a very interesting game. And considering that long and heated rivalry, um, I'm very excited. So for this week, both teams have a few changes due to injuries suffered in round six. So for Manly, so Ruben Garrick is out after failing a HIA last week, which sees Raymond Tuai Mailoi Bayanga set to play just his third NRL game on the wing. Carl Lawton has been ruled out with a shoulder injury, which he is being replaced by Aaron Woods, who will make his first appearance for Manly off the bench. Cooper Johns is going to start at 5'8", with Josh Schuster being named in the reserves, coming back from that quad injury sustained a couple of weeks ago. And although Manly fans, they've been holding their breath after seeing Tommy Turbo in a bit of trouble last week, but it's been confirmed that 
His injury was just a bit of back spasm, so it's not his hamstring, so he'll be right to play against Storm on Friday night. For Melbourne, uh, Nick Meaney at fullback is out for the Storm this week after suffering delayed concussion symptoms following the game against the Roosters. So this means we'll see Cam Munster jumping back to the fullback position, which is so exciting. I love watching Money play in the number one. So with Cam at fullback, we see Jonah Pezzett returning to the halves, partnering up with Jerome Hughes, which has the potential to be quite a threatening combination, which will be interesting to see. So other than a few minor changes to the spine, the Storm have no other adjustments heading into the blockbuster against Manly. But it's fairly evident where I stand on this game. I think Storm will get the win. They're on a bit of a roll. They've found their, they've connected with each other a bit more. They've linked up and, yeah, they've got got a good thing going on. But I'm interested to see what you guys think. Um, will it be the Battle of Rookie or will it be a close one or a huge upset? What do you think? I think you're right. I think it's going to be um, Storm, but I hope it's a close one. And also I'm going to have to go <laughs> Manly because my husband was so off me last week for chipping against them. I'm glad I did because they got flogged. But... I'm going to tip Manly, but let's be honest, it's probably going to be Storm. I think it's really important that Manly put up a fight this week just for, I guess, confidence going forward. They really These are the, the big teams that they need to mix with. They want to be competitive come the back end of the year. I don't see them doing that going off last week. So, yeah, I think Storm. Yeah, I'm going to go for Storm, but I think it'll be close between the two of them. Manly are going to pull out, I think, as much as they can. Um, to try and win this. I think they're trying to save themselves from um, further embarrassment uh, following that last loss. And it's just been, yeah, so you had the Knights, but they tied with, and then they had that spanking last week. And now they've got Storm ahead of them. Uh, and Storm are in great form, like you say, Gabby. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to go for the Storm for this. Sorry, Manly. And I'm sorry I called you Tweety Birds before. All right, thank you, Gabby. So on Saturday, the New Zealand Warriors are hosting the North Queensland Cowboys in Auckland at Mount Smart Stadium. Now, none of us had named the Warriors in the top eight, actually, and each of us had the Cowboys in our list. So following the last round, the ladder's looking kind of interesting. The Cowboys had Drinkwater back after a three-week absence, and they weren't quite able to overcome the Dolphins on their home turf, although the Warriors are also coming off a loss to a mighty Mighty, yes, I use the word mighty to call the night squad. Emma, it's on Warriors turf. How are they looking? What should we be looking out for? Well, the Cowboys are looking not as good as I would have hoped them to be looking, but we'll see how they go. So the Warriors and the Cowboys are actually versing for the second time this season. The Cowboys going down at home. Um, it was 12 to 26 to the Warriors and back in round three. So they didn't use the home ground advantage to help them out at all. And um I feel like the Warriors probably will be using that advantage. Um, it's actually the first time that the Cowboys will have gone to New Zealand in since 2019. So I have a feeling that's going to affect them a bit. Sean Johnson only needs two points to have 500 at the stadium as well. So I'm sure that'll be exciting for him. Both teams uh, had a few injuries last week. Um, Tamari Martin fractured his left fibula and he'll miss the next eight weeks. So yeah, feel for him um, after all the struggles that he's had over his career. Um, Wade Egan failed his HIA, so should miss at least 11 days. Uh, Freddie Lussick should be coming in for him. Tohu Harris is hoping to be back in at lock after his MCL in injury in round four. Um, fingers crossed no more 
um, hiccups for him. I think he was meant to come back last week, actually. Um, got injured like straight away. Um, anyway, Josh Curran and Jazz Tavanga have also been switched from the starting lineup to the bench. Um, and Dallin Wating Lesniak has been named 18th man for the Warriors. Cowboys without Griffin Neem for probably two months with a throat injury. And Murray Tawalangi is back from his knee injury. Jeremiah Nanai is back from suspension. So they're the only changes there. Yeah, hopefully with Jeremiah Nanai back, that adds a little bit of spark and Murray Tawalangi. But um, yeah, I'm not feeling good about the about the poor old Cowboys. Hoping that they can pull it together for me. But yeah, we'll see. Anyway, we all know that I'll be I'll be tipping them and probably lose, but maybe I'll have to put an anytime try score on for Kyle Felton, Marcelo, Montoya. They've both scored pretty well against each other, I think, in every game that they've played against each other in the last however many. So that'll be interesting to see if they both pull out the tries. Well, both both teams um, have had pretty disappointing losses last week, and I think they'll certainly be feeling that heading into this game. But I don't know. Something's telling me that the Cowboys are going to win this. Again, I'm not sure. I, I, I remember last week I tipped against the Warriors for no real reason, and it paid off. So I think I'm going to tip against the Warriors again for no real reason. I'm back in the Warriors. I, Cowboys have been too inconsistent. I back them, they lose. I don't back them, they win. So I'm just going to steer clear. I'm going to back the Warriors and just hope for the best. Well, I'm quite obviously going for the Warriors because it's home side. Also, can I just say, Bow Holmes' kicking hasn't been all that great lately, and Sean's has been on point. He made two awesome conversions from the sideline last uh, last week, even though they lost. But it just showed that kicking is still excellent, and I think points um, like that really do matter on the day. I think it's going to be close because uh, um, they'll be trying to prove a point, but... I know you can't beat that Auckland crowd getting in your head when you're looking for a win. Yeah, sorry, I'm going to go for the Warriors. I don't mean to rip on Val Holmes, but I don't think it's just his kicking game. He's also not really done anything exciting for a while, and I feel like he's, if you want to call him our star player, like I think if you're looking to the Cowboys as standout players, it's probably he's probably one of them, and I feel like he's done nothing special this season. No offence to him, I love him, but... Yeah, I don't think it's just his kicking. He's just he's not he's not been bad. He just hasn't really performed excitingly. Mm. Harsh but fair. I think he needs to I don't know. Like I know he's been in the centers a fair bit, but maybe a new position. Like when he was fullback he was good, but like there's not really a spot for him at fullback. Mm-hmm. He kind of just gets lost out there on the center. Thank you, Emma. All right, so on Saturday, uh, the next game we've got to look forward to is out at Newcastle with the Newcastle Knights hosting the Penrith Panthers. The Knights are looking like the comeback team for the season. All of you tipped them to win their last match for no reason at all, and I don't know why. I think that was the standout comment from each of you. I think most of you said that it was too close a call. Well, um, they dominated um, that particular match. You tipped right. And they're up against the Penrith Panthers who are making their way back to the dominant to their dominant selves. Lachlan, what should we expect from this game on Saturday in Newcastle? Um, hopefully... Uh, there's going to be a big crowd up at Newcastle. They are into the top eight, which I think is a bit of a surprise for a lot of people. Um, and they're undefeated the past three rounds. So I think their fans have a right to be a bit excited about what they're serving up uh, at the moment. 
especially after some uncertainty over the off-season about what they were going to dish up this year. And Penrith, after some early struggles this season that we all know about with St. Helens, but also with some early losses, they're back up to second, back at the top end of the ladder, uh, where I believe they belong with all the top teams. So, yeah, very important game for both of them. Um, The Knights, they're coming off a good, strong 10-point win against New Zealand. This was They were a bit of an underdog team heading into this one. And it was a really important win just so they can keep building on each of their performances each week. And they're really building nicely heading into this, I think. But a big blow from last week is Jaden Braley's ACL injury. He's been a standout for them for the past few years when he has been on the field. He has had some injury struggles prior as well. But that does mean Phoenix Crossland will switch to hooker for the moment with Tyson Gamble coming in to pair with Jackson Hastings in the halves. Tyson Gamble is a very proven half. Uh, get, I think, uh, his first, I guess, significant opportunity with Newcastle to really show what he can do um, in an important match. Yeah, there's six spots between these two teams, but just one competition point between them. So I think that really shows how strong the competition has been so far. Like, we're in the seventh round now, and we're so congested in the middle, which is really great to see. But, yeah, on the other side, the away team, Penrith, uh, they've got two big wins in a row after that early struggles. Smashed Manly at home last week, a bit of a statement win. Manly have had a bit of hype around them, especially after winning the preseason challenge, and they just showed them who the back-to-back premiers was, I guess. So after that, they've named the same 17 that ran out last week. Uh, there's been some changes in the extended squad, though. Liam Martin and Luke Garner both looking to return from injury. So we could see some late changes prior to kickoff with those two maybe late inclusions. But we'll see. Knights haven't been Penrith since 2018. That's pretty telling. Penrith, they've just found their mojo, if you will. They've found some form back. I can't go past them. And I, I, I think they could really put on another strong performance like last week and really run in a lot of tries if the Knights aren't on the game. So I'm going to go Penrith by 30. It's a big call, but I probably would have to agree with you. But saying that, this season has really proved to me that um, crazy things happen. And so if the Knights did come out and win, I would just be like, yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I've definitely got to go Panthers in this one. I'd love to see the Knights win, but I just don't think they'll do it. Penrith are on a roll. They've got something brewing. It's not a back another premiership, but it's something. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get the win this week. Like you said, Lachlan, by a lot. Yeah, this team, right? We were sort of pepping them to be a possible wooden spoon um, when we came out at the start. But, yeah, when I saw them play on the weekend, I thought, these guys look like they're serious now. They're here to play. They're here to shut all of us up who were doubting them in the beginning. Um, although I know it makes sense to go for the Panthers, I'm actually going to go for the Knights, this one. I don't know why. Let me just quote what you guys all said last week, just for no reason at all. I just feel that, um, yeah, they've, they've got their vibe going. They've worked it out. Um, you know, home game. They could do it. Why not? Thank you, Lachlan. All right, next game. So the next game to preview is a Queensland derby match for the Gold Coast Titans taking on the Brisbane Broncos at Gold Coast. Uh, Titans are coming off a win last round over the Dragons and the Broncos were toppled by the Canberra Raiders in Brisbane. I was at that game and that loss was a little bit sore. I forgot how the fans turned up for the Broncos and I think I got swept up in that fan moment where everyone was 
like an entire unified cheer squad. But, you know, it was pretty obvious to many of us as the game wore on that the Broncos just weren't doing it. The Raiders were just too dominant. So the Titans also came out strong in their matchup against the Dragons. It was a bit of a thriller, actually, um, towards the end. I half expected that the Titans would uh, let the lead slip, uh, but they showed they've certainly got the goods to hold on uh, to that margin and pull out a win. So the Titans have actually won four consecutive games at their home ground. So for the Titans, Toby Sexton's out with a fractured wrist. Karen Foran's back from his calf injury. Thomas Micaele will make his club debut off the bench. And Super League recruit Cruz Leeming uh, will also be playing again. So he were, he had a few minutes actually playing against the Dragons. Impressive. Yeah. Um, I think we, I'd like to see him on the field a lot longer to um, get a better read on what, um, what sort of impact he's going to make on the Dragon side. Um, Kim Walters. He hasn't made too many changes to his side. Um, that was the first loss for them. So Thomas Flegel's out with a HIA failure. So Corey Jensen starts in the front row. Kobe Hetherington's ruptured biceps are all healed. And so he's going to be on the bench for his first NRL game for the year. That's pretty much it for the Broncos. They've actually won their past three games against the Titans. Adam Reynolds has won nine from nine at the Gold Coast. So He's got a pretty good record there. Um, it's actually nice to see the Broncos outside of Lang Park for a change. Um, for this particular match, I actually think it's going to be even. And the only reason why um, I say it's even, despite if you look um, statistically at these uh, two teams on paper, um, the Broncos could be considered the stronger. They're pretty 50-50 to me when it comes to completion rate tackle efficiency um and i feel like i should have taken your advice all of you last week when you <laughs> tip for the titans um that uh, they are actually looking to be quite a strong team i also have a feeling that they will be chasing an upset here because i think the raiders have shown that the broncos are beatable i think for a while there everyone just sort of held them on a pedestal i have a feeling it's going to be close but i'm going to go for the titans in this one over the Broncos. I love the Broncos. So it's because it's on the Gold Coast. They're all on a high. They're all playing really well at the moment. And I don't know, there are still some things that they need to work out at the Broncos. I just feel like the Broncos have got a few things going on. Adam Reynolds after that sort of leg incident early in the game. Adam Reynolds is an excellent game manager. So when he's on and he's having a great game, they all play great. Kicks and passes are all in the right place. He was pretty much like, Missing for for a little bit from from the dynamic sort of plays that he would um, play. Because Tony Staggs barely heard his name, and he's a name that we, um, you know, always look for. Like he's there was just a few people who just weren't really, I don't know, turning up to play. That's what I'm saying, Titans. I think the Broncos will win this. I think they're quite possibly the real deal this year. Uh, last week was definitely a speed bump. I think a bit of a reality check stopped them getting too far ahead of themselves. But I think they've got enough quality in that side to just bounce back, to learn from that loss instead of getting overcome by it and to back into the winner's circle. Also, I think for the Titans, uh, I really love Cruz Leeming. I'm really glad that he's over in the NRL and I think he's going to tear it up. So good luck to him. I'm going to go Brisbane too. I think, like you said, Lachlan, last week would have been a bit of a reality check to tell them that, they can be beat, and I think they'll come back a little stronger this week. They'll be good for it. So, yeah. Although, very, very close, like you said, Lainey, this will be perhaps the game of the round. Yeah, I think the Broncos needed that loss. Um, 
I think that it will shake them up a little bit and they will need to work harder. I don't think it's going to be like the start of the derailing of their season, um, especially against the Titans. Yes, they did win, um, but they won by, what was it, two points against the Dragons. So to me, I feel like they kind of were expected to win that. That's not a much of a um, margin to show that they were being that strong. I still think, like you said, Laney, that they are similar to the Broncos, but I think the Broncos just have more... Um, um, more experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Um, yeah, so I see the Broncos winning this, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a very close game. Next game that we've got, and this is the first game that we've got on Sunday, so the Canberra Raiders will host the St. George Illawarra Dragons in Chile, Canberra. Uh, Ricky Stewart will be quite happy after his team's performance. I think the week before he was being coy and saying they were going to work a few things and go in-house. They obviously did that um, and came out and uh, beat the Broncos. So they will be taking on the Dragons, and I wonder what extra magic and learning and insight have they gained from watching the Dragons um, play? And the Dragons had a loss uh, against the Titans. Lachlan, what can we expect from this game in Canberra? Early afternoon Sunday slot down in Canberra. 12th against 16th, two competition points between them. Both sides, I know I'm saying this a lot about every team, but they really do have a lot to play for. Even though it's so early in the season, every game just feels like it's really shifting their form lines and shaping the course of the season. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm really excited about this one. Uh, Canberra coming off that surprise win over Brisbane, up in Brisbane. None of us saw that coming. Huge confidence booster. They needed that. And... Despite that win, they're still sitting in 16th. They're second last. So I guess they need to remember that. But they can also use that win to go, okay, maybe we can we can build on that and get up out of this uh, bottom of the ladder, get up into the fight for the eight where we belong. But yeah, big news for Canberra this Tuesday with Jack White and, and Joseph Tarpanay returning. There was also that highly publicised incident with Jordan Ruffner, Um in last week's game, he suffered a facial fracture. So uh, Nick Kotrick will return from injury to replace him uh, on the wing. Jared Croker was a very big standout last week for Canberra, and he'll keep his spot. I hope he keeps that form up because he's just uh, a great player. I really like watching him play. Dragons were heartbroken last week at the death. That was That would have been a tough one for Dragons fans' stomach, I think lost by two on the Gold Coast, really within their grasp for a lot of that 80 minutes. So, yeah, that one's got to hurt them. Francis Molo, three-game suspension off the back of that as well. So he'll be missing for the next few rounds. So Zane Musgrove will shift in to start at prop. Mikhail Ravalawa has suffered a hamstring strain as well in that Easter game. So Tao Moga is in on his wing. I think Canberra, the win last week for Canberra, would have taken a lot of effort, a lot of revving up by Ricky in the week before. And I'm not sure if they can replicate it again. I think they're going to be a bit tired. They're going to be a bit sore. Yeah, I think the drag- the Dragons have shown that they're a good team as well in patches. They're inconsistent, um, obviously, but they've shown what they can do at times. So I think the Dragons will be too strong this week. I've got them to win by eight points. I'm going the Raiders. This is a tough one for me because I don't particularly, I'm not fond of either team. I think the Viking Claps overrated, but Canberra fans will prove me wrong on that. I just think with the inclusion of Jack White and I think to that Raiders side and coming off a win, 
Uh, I think they'll keep feeding into that momentum against the Dragons. Yeah, I'm not convinced about the Dragons, but I'm also not convinced about that last win on the Raiders being what we kind of like base them off. Like, yeah, they had one really good win. I don't know. This is actually a really hard one for me, um, and I will probably probably change it because I don't want to hang all my hopes on the Dragons, but I think I'm going to tip them. I'm going to go Raiders because um, because Croker, since he's been back, I just feel like it's a different team. Uh, it'll be a different team from here on out. I'm not saying they're going to make top eight or anything, but um, I think um, he's got that experience that's helping to sort of pull together um, a lot of that game management that you really need. And um, I think he's just a great leader on the team. I think it's going to be Raiders and it's in Canberra. Sorry, I think we might be hearing that clap and that horn a little more than you'd like to, Gabby. Thank you, Lachlan. Great preview. Final game, Sunday. So the final game for round seven is at Western Sydney Stadium with the Parramatta Eels hosting the Canterbury Bulldogs. The Bulldogs suffered a bit of a big loss that last round against our Sydney and the loss of Josh Adokar in the opening minutes with a high ankle sprain. He looked to be in a lot of pain. I hope he's okay and recovery smooth and quick. The Eels, though, just coming back from what could have been a, a snatch away from the Tigers. Uh, this particular matchup, Gabby, look, it's on Eels turf. We all talked about how the Eels seems to be the team that needs to be doing more. You know, they're out there every week. They've, they've now um, got their second win. What, what, what do they look like up against the Bulldogs this coming Sunday? As you said, they're coming off a win. It wasn't an overly impressive win for Parramatta. I think there was some, there's a lot they need to work on across the park, but it was a win all the same, which they needed. Mitch Moses, I thought, was at his best and his kicking game was on fire. I just, yeah, thought there was major errors that need to be improved on when it comes to Parramatta's game. But the Dogs weren't as successful as Parramatta in round six, suffering that loss to the Rabbitohs. And with the loss of Josh Adokar, I feel like not only Dogs fans, but rugby league supporters in general just cringed at that. It would potentially be a major blow with New South Wales, with origin selections coming up. Hopefully he can make it back for that. But, yeah, only time will tell. So with the loss of Adokar, Braden Burns will uh, play his first game for the Bulldogs on the wing this week. And in addition to that inclusion, the Dogs have Tavita Pangai Jr. named at prop in his first game of the year after missing the first six weeks due to a calf injury. We also see the return of Viliami Kikau, which will be exciting for Dogs fans, back from his 11-day concussion stand-down. The Dogs also have Raymond Fatala Mariner returning from concussion protocols. He will be starting at lock. And for Parramatta, we see the return of Junior Polo coming back from suspension, which shifts Wiramu Greg to the bench and Jack Murchie's now dropped out of the 17. But other than that, Brad Arthur has no changes to his side from their second win of the season in round six. This will be an interesting one. Obviously, Reid Marnie playing for the Bulldogs coming up against his old club. That will be an interesting matchup. Um, Parramatta have won five of their past six games against the Bulldogs, so I guess they can go in with that kind of confidence. But it's hard to back Parramatta just with their inconsistencies and 
Personally, I thought the West Tigers should have won that game on Easter Monday. I think I'll back Parramatta, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulldogs actually win this game. I got a bit excited uh, on that Easter Monday game when that first kind of 10, 20 minutes, the Eels were just falling off tackles. Uh, There were so many missed tackles. It was pretty ridiculous at times, to be honest. And even though they they ended up winning that game, we saw that a lot of the stats were uh, were going against them in that 80 minutes. I think there were some really worrying signs to come out of that game. And it's just showing that this isn't the same Parramatta side as last year. And I think this isn't a side that will be pushing for the Premiership, I don't think, um, at the moment. Uh, I do think they'll win this week, though. The Bulldogs, they're just uh, they're struggling a bit at the minute. Although, again, who knows? They've shown to be to be able to pull rabbits out of the hat at times as well. So, really, it's a bit of a false game tipping anything at the moment in the NRL, but I'll go with the Eels. I'm probably also going to go for the Eels. The Bulldogs, I feel like they're going to be really missing um, at our car. They did have that massive loss, but also I feel like the Eels, even though they got the win, Last week, it was kind of <laughs> they were copping a bit of a roasting after the game as if they had lost because of the way they did play. So, I think they were kind of lucky to even get that win as well. I'm gonna go for the Eels, but yeah, like you guys said, this this season's a wild one, so who knows? I'm just going for Spice, so I'm gonna go for the Bulldogs. Look, Jacob Kiraz, he's pretty good. Um, I actually find him quite effective. He's been named to play. Also, Kikol's back, and Kikol has. He's really good, and like when he's not playing, I think it's kind of noticeable. There's just too many holes in that um, Eels defence, I'm sorry. Uh, it feels like they're just sliding around the players and they're not even trying to tackle them. I don't know what's going on. And they're all standing around waiting for Mitchell to do something. Um, then none of them are sort of initiating anything, that are doing the attack. I mean, it's, it can't just be one person. And, like, it's one of the sort of comments I... Uh, you know, I was saying to the person next to me um, on the weekend about um, the Knights. It's like the Knights, like they they were all they were all working together to come up with opportunities. They weren't just relying on one or two players. I feel like the Eels were just doing that far too much uh, for too many games now. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go Bulldogs because I don't think they've quite quit that habit of relying on Mitchell. So I'm going Dogs. That's a good point, actually. I actually heard Clint Gutherson say after the game, like. He gave credit to Mitch Moses for creating so many opportunities, but it's sort of like, what did you guys do with those opportunities? Not Clint Gutherson personally. I think he is the most valuable player for Parramatta, but they sort of turned those op- didn't turn those opportunities into anything major. So it should be interesting. And because the dogs have a pretty bulked up middle, so that might just get them over the line. You might be onto something, Lainey. I think the dogs could do it if they don't just lose their way like as we said they came out actually started off pretty good uh, in the last game then as soon as something happens it's like it all goes out the window so if they can keep it together then yeah they've definitely got a chance but whether they can do that's another story it wouldn't take much to shake the eels up i think if the bulldogs performed like they started against south and build on that momentum they could easily put Parramatta on the back foot and give it to them good. (laughs) And there you have it, everyone. That is our show. Thank you, Gabby, Emma, and Lachlan. 
Thanks for tuning in and we appreciate your support. Hope you can tune in regularly. Don't forget to subscribe, download our episodes and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You can find details about our panelists for all our shows at our website at mojosports.com.au with everyone's social media handles. Until next episode, please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us to spread the word. Wishing your team a great round and no injuries. And looking forward to seeing that I love Billy Slater tattoo from Gabby's Uncle Nathan. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.